Forward Observation Station Delta checking in, listener. Despite my best efforts, I can't find the source of the radio station. I can pick it up on AM shortband, but any effort to triangulate it leads to a part of the former national park. There was never a radio tower there, and visuals from a distance don't show one. I can't confirm up close because I can't get into the area. I did try using RC to try and navigate unmanned camera into the area, but every time I try to watch the cassette I recorded, I black out. How are these private contractors around here getting closer than me, listener? What is going on? What are you not telling me? Are we on opposite sides of the opposite ends of the big table or next to each other? Similarly next to each other. Like Silma has her spot probably on the end where she's probably always sat. And then there's like one spot mm-hmm. off to her right that you will be sitting at. Okay. Um, so the the whole the whole dinner, like Cecily is straight up in, you know, cardigan buttoned to the neck with the Peter Pan collar and the the skirt and the sensible heels, you know, classic librarian attire. Mm-hmm. Um and is very like in her best manners, sitting up very straight. All of yeah. those things. Silman's um, attire has not so, changed. You pretty much know based on when she returned as a veteran, that she has pretty much stayed with military tailoring. Mm-hmm. So even though she's in civilian clothes, she's very much remained with certain fit and just mm-hmm. accepts it as part of her persona. So she's very much just wearing the same mm-hmm. thing. Still very reserved, but relaxed and stuff. And then mm-hmm. we'll, you know will kind of fade to black on the dinner and then reappear at the mm-hmm. uh, at the library room. Which is okay. very much larger and more extensive than the library in town. Um, so when you open the door to the library, Cecily gasps um, and blushes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and puts one hand to her, her, to her, like, chest, you know? Um, oh, when you said collection, um, I don't know what I was expecting, but, um, 
it it what it wasn't this. Um, wow, I who in May my I? head in my head, Selma basically lives in like what if Biltmore was in the like just on the edge of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Is that whatever? I'm not familiar like, with that. Like a big mansion. You certainly would be unfamiliar with. Biltmore is like this largest state that exists, like just over the mountain in North Carolina. Um, like think, like think, big English estate. Yeah, it's kind of like an just, old but world just estate. Pick it up and put it in the mountains. Yeah. yeah, it does not fit the. Here we go. I'll send you a picture of Biltmore. It looks very much like a place where a vampire lives. <laughs> this is not, this has nothing to do with anything, frankly. This is just like in my brain. That's what's going on here. Come come on. It is a four megabyte picture. <laughs> you can do it, Discord. We believe in you. There it goes. Holy shit. A little bit. Okay. Though maybe not with the manicured lawn, but like the general aesthetic, you know what I mean? It's gothic. Oh yeah, Lovecraftian gothic. Yeah, very yeah. much. Um, and Selma just turns on the it's old gas lighting in here. Oh my god! I'm sorry, I haven't had the opportunity to renovate this room yet, so the lighting at this time of day is mm. not the best. No, I I love it. Um, wow, it gives it a whole um, it gives it a whole aesthetic. Um, so, oh, may I may I touch them? Is that okay, Miss Buchanan? I invited you into my home. You are more than welcome to wander as you wish. Um, so, um, Cecily goes to the nearest shelf and is just kind of like inhaling the old book smell and is very like stars and hearts in the eyes. Um, and then she picks one, um, and doesn't open it yet. Mm-hmm. So she turns to the general and says, I told you that I would tell you what I know. So I'm going to tell you what I know. And then for good measure, I'll do one more for you. I think so much um, just kind of gestures to some of the you know, those lounge sofas and stuff that are in the library. Um, Cecily sits down, ankles crossed, edge of edge of chair. It's like a horsehair antique couch. Ms. Mm-hmm. Uh. <sighs> Penderin. Um, it's you. You're the one who's going to destroy Fair and Howl. I've seen you on the front steps of the English Ivy Inn, your hands raised towards the sky, 
But as you do it, the mountain is also destroyed. And I don't know if that's just the price that one must pay or if it's avoidable. There is something that they're keeping in the basement of the inn. It is an old and powerful thing. It smells like ginseng and pine. They feed from it. And you can free it. I think you're the only one. And that's... And that's all that I know. Cecily's not saying that she thinks that 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 she thinks that Rio's gonna die in the process. Okay. Um and then she opens the book. Cool. It's, to a random page. It is an eighteen thirty one printing of Frankenstein. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to roll for this? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Seven. Seven. All right. What happens on mixed success again? I'm using Soothsayer. I will answer honestly on a miss. On a hit, the MC will tell you something new and interesting about their destiny. On a 10 plus, you may ask follow up. Oh, okay. So on a hit, you j- you hit anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you opened this 1831 printing of Frankenstein, um, and the passage you find is, beware, for I am fearless and therefore powerful, uh, and you are once again in the basement of the English Ivy Inn Resort. It's the same scene that you saw before, but you're before it. Uh, you're further back in time. Uh, you watch as Selma comes descending th- down a, a carved red oak spiral staircase into the basement. Um, and she is looking as chaos is erupting above and around her. You're seeing werewolves tearing into guards. Um, there is there are fey people uh fighting uh like looks like private military uh soldiers um it decidedly seems like the the magical world is crashing into whatever it is that Farron Howell does and it is not dealing well with that and Selma strides through this immaculately decorated hallway to a big oak door opens it. It's one that you've seen before. You know that behind this is the heart. And she opens it, and it is seeping resin and smells overwhelmingly of pine and ginseng, and it thumps there inside of a almost 
tree-like structure that has grown out around it. And you can feel a rumble. Like the earth itself is coming apart as something begins to burrow into the English Ivy Inn and Resort to this spot. And a little, cold little smirk tugs at the edge of Selma's lips as she turns from that door and moves further to another one, more nondescript. It's the one that you saw just hours ago today. And she opens it and you feel that same wave of pain, but you can stay with it longer. You're expecting it this time. It doesn't shock you out of the moment like it did before. And inside of this door is not a room, but almost like a cave, a bubble of stone and granite, of cold, wet mustiness. The kind of air that until recently was probably not touched the lungs of a living thing for the entire time that it has existed. And in the floor of this room is a hole. And pouring out of that is both the warmest, most filling energy you've ever felt and the coldest, cuttingest feeling that you've ever felt. And this is what Fahrenheit came here for. And almost certainly nothing else but possibly the mountain itself and Selma could enter this room because anything living would be torn asunder by whatever this is. Carved into the walls in new carvings are words that hurt your head to even glance at. In a language that was not meant for your eyes and maybe not meant for eyes to begin with. That is what they're holding. That is what's down there. That's what's in the basement of Farron Howell. Welcome back. <laughs> I think that this, while this has been happening, Selma, you see Cecily's eyes cloud over white as she reads out the quote from the book. And then she just, in a voice that sounds monotone like hers and kind of ringing, she says out what Brian just described. And when she's done, she looks like she swoons a little bit. Um, and the book starts to slide from her fingers. Um, and um, after slumping for a minute, she um, she sits back up, and her eyes are not cloudy anymore. And she just looks at you. Selma. Yes. The room, while Cecily was doing this, the room grew noticeably colder. There's moisture collecting on the walls, even with a with the gas lamps or a fire burning in the fireplace here. It has gotten cold and dank, a feeling you are very familiar with when you go and you talk to the mountain itself. Mm -hmm. I don't think the book slides to the floor again. I think Selma 
attaches it and just sets it next to you, but is very Please careful. That, that copy of that book is probably worth Uh. (laughs) Um, but also is very careful to make sure that like you're obviously not aware of what's around you at the moment, but is very careful not to touch you without permission. Um, but make sure that you are, you're not necessarily going to fall over. And as your eyes Mm -hmm. go back to their usual color, you will notice a single tear coming down Selma's face. She just lets it sit there. Thank you, Miss Buchanan. Cecily holds your eyes for a minute um, and her hand like twitches just Barely, like she's going to reach out and wipe the tear, but she controls it and keeps it on her lap. Um, And then she stands up and says, thank you for a lovely evening. You know where to find me. And leaves. I think Silma just stays put. The young girl again is at the door with your coat. How she was aware of it that you were leaving is unknown to you. Just hands the coat quietly to you and opens holds open the door for you. But Silma remains sitting in the library, looking out at the darkened window. Looking at the frost that collected slowly warm back up across the warped panes. Just breathes in deep. And I think that's where it fades. And good shit. Good <laughs> shit. And I think <laughs> I think that's when you arrive at work for your shift a few days later you will notice a brown paper package tied up with string. Um, These are a few of my favorite things. With a lovely (laughs) um, little note attached, addressed Mm -hmm. to Miss Cicely Buchanan across the front. And on the back, it simply states... May we all see with wise wide open as yours. And inside you will find the restored painting from her grandmother. Oh my God. Of a bouquet of flowers in a vase. And we'll leave it up to later potentially of the meaning behind the flowers. But there is a new version of the um, language book, Language of Flowers, also um, kind of hidden behind the pane, the framing. Lord. Um, All right, then. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. 
uh, Kiki. <laughs> huh. Yes. Hey, what's All up? right. Hello. Uh, Hi, sorry believe, about that, everybody. My God. Yeah. I okay. believe Kiki has a much more mundane meeting that uh, has been scheduled. Yeah. Got to meet with uh, the Teamsters. Yeah. Uh, not at the bar because uh, that burned down uh, somehow. Uh-huh. Don't know how that happened. Uh, <laughs> um, the okay. Um, I guess it, Brandon, where's Pam having Kiki meet her? I'm assuming it's Pam that she's meeting. Pat, why'd I say Pam? I'm sorry. I was about to correct you. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pat does have an office because Pat does have a day job. Um, <laughs> so you will be meeting at um, uh, Pat's private law uh, practice. Nice. Which is essentially a very large office on top of a very small pool hall. <laughs> Great. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiki shows up for her meeting uh, five minutes early with two coffees. How is Kiki dressed? Um, she is in the nicest clothes. Um, not the nicest, nicest, but like basically the nicest clothes that she has. She dressed for a job interview. Um, basically, yeah. <laughs> Um, which uh, which other night job does she have of, of a polo on? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, the polo she has on is, I think, I think it's for the one that she works at the most, just because it's the one she has the most polos, and this was the cleanest one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, she she shows up um, looking as professional as she can, um, and uh, with with two coffees. Okay, um, at a wooden desk just ahead of um, the glass uh, door that leads specifically to Pat uh, Blade's uh, meeting room. Uh, there is a young man, uh, seemingly like very, very thin, very frail, uh, but is looking up at you confidently at the desk and says, you here for business on paper or business elsewhere? Uh, elsewhere. And you see this young man take a very, like, strong sniff in the air. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he goes, yeah, makes sense. Miss um, <laughs> Blades is in the office. Thank you. Uh, and she goes over um, to the office. Is the door open? It is not. Okay. Well, she will knock on the door. Come in. Uh, she comes in. Um, what did you say Pat's last name was? Blades. 
blades. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, uh, Miss Blades, uh, pleasure to meet you in person. Miss uh, Gaithen, is it? Yes. Fancy seeing you here. Uh, come on in, have a seat. I'm okay. sure you have a lot of questions. Uh, more questions than answers, certainly. Uh, and she sits down and she offers one of the coffees. Um, I didn't know how you take your coffee, so it's black. Black's actually fine. So. Uh, so. Might I ask, what is what exactly is your business here this morning? <sighs> She kind of like leans back in the chair um, and heaves a bit of a sigh. She's clearly trying to figure out where to start. Um, and she says, <sighs> clearly. the movers and shakers of the community, and she kind of gestures at Pat, um, are getting up to things that I have found myself kind of caught up in the edges of. Uh, And it's not just being jumped by some miscreants it's threatening this place and she kind of like gestures widely indicating like that this area in general and uh and and those who are close to me. And I won't take that. But I am also but one wolf. Uh, you and, are. And I was hoping we might be able to come to some sort of mutually beneficial relationship. I'm hoping the same, but if I recall, we have confronted you previously with a very strong incentive package for joining a pack, and you weren't very much in favor of it then. The last time I was approached, it seemed like more of a splinter cell uh, that I was communicating with what seemed interested in exacting revenge on said group of miscreants uh, 
Now, if you're talking about before then, be fair, the misguided ultimate aims of my colleagues notwithstanding, uh, immediately after they contacted you, said miscreants jumped you and then jumped your boyfriend. <coughs> um, He's not my boyfriend. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, Gross. I'm pretty sure my nose disagrees, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably do smell a lot like Rio. Yeah, Rio's no, I definitely do. <laughs> yeah, that, that has uh, been too, unfortunately. Uh, but I will so- say this I am just teasing, we are perfectly fine to have. Anyone in our pack who's willing to join, and I think that you would do a lot of very good work in our above-board enterprises as well. As you say, this place is very messy and very violent, and it has proven such in the lives of many of the people that we care about uh, here in Elder County. If there's a way that we can help you, we'd like to. And if there's a way that you can help us, we'd like to do that as well. Especially considering, again, we'd like to ensure that you don't get jumped by library uh, by library idlers. Hey, listen, they're trying to do better. <laughs> but also because, if I recall correctly, we've also already done a very big favor for you. One that you've still kind of owe us for yes can you think of any way we can cash that in right now kind of in the middle of a a messy struggle with the capitalist forces of this area (laughs) it would be nice to know that we can rely on somebody who can help us not have to blow up our only uh, meeting space just so we can strike a blow against evil. Uh, Brian once again reads the cash in a debt move. Um, you can cash in a debt, which I'm pretty sure Kiki does owe you. Um, mm-hmm. To answer a question honestly, do you a favor at a moderate cost? Lend a hand in your efforts? Get in the way of somebody else? Erase a debt they hold on someone? Or give you a debt that they hold on someone? <laughs> Uh, Kiki kind of leans forward um, and her face gets like significantly more serious um, and she says I'm good for my word I owe you a debt and I will pay it well then I should just be frank There are forces in this area that are not just bad or cruel. They're wicked in the biblical sense. And I'd like to quote your boyfriend. Not my boyfriend. Some good soldiers to put on the armor of the Lord. 
I don't think Rio Rio's never said those words in his whole life. <laughs> Maybe he said them while he was real drunk. <laughs> and make sure that the folks who want to eat up Elder County don't get to do that. But I'm sure you know exactly who I'm referring to. I mean, yes, I think our interests align in that respect. Uh, is there a particular action you would like for me to take? Um, if it helps, here's what you currently know. Um, while you took out a number of the senior staff and you know that Erasmus... And um, Mr. Forenzi, they haven't been seen. I don't know, like, I'm assuming the pack isn't, like, fucking tight as hell with, like, the mountain. So probably don't know that there was, like, a weird epic fight that flooded Greenbrier. <laughs> um, yep, news to me. Uh, the... But you do know that they haven't been seen. I'm sure those are two individuals that the pack kept eyes on because they're powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. The, they have seemingly been taken off the board uh, in some way. So, you know, that like, if they're not dead, they're hurt. Um, In knowing you probably don't know Embrasmus pretty well because they're very new, but I have a distinct feeling that the pack and Mr. Forenzi, the muscle of fair and Howl, have probably, ran into each other before. <laughs> um, well, yeah, most yeah. likely. I guess to like, to remind uh, everybody, Mr. Frenzy's actual form is a horrible nightmare, po- like Vanta black poly- polygon monster. Mm-hmm. I liken him to um, what he, like he, he's kind of like a boss you would find in that PlayStation D make of bloodborne. Uh, so he's, He's either not, he's either dead somewhere, which is great, or he's hurt somewhere and now he's mad, which is like less great. Uh, so that's a, that's a possible chip that is still in play somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you also report, heard reports of some kind of awful liquid light monster over at the college with that explosion that happened. <laughs> All right, Miss Gaithin, this is what I'm thinking of. And you can tell me how you think you'd be most useful. I am more than happy uh, to take advantage of you in the way that you think you are strongest. But on the one hand, uh, one of of Farron Howell's big bosses, uh, Frenzy, I think uh, their name is... um, hasn't been seen in quite some time and we'd like to make sure that that's because he's under piles of dirt. So if you can help us put him under piles of dirt, that would be very useful. Alternatively, if you don't want to make a scene, it'd be very nice to have somebody who isn't already wearing 
a 479 patch to make a public statement about the kind of stuff that they've seen Farron Howell do. And I mean, make a scene. Are you willing to be in the newspaper? I... I will see what I can do on those fronts and uh, report back to you with a victory on one of them. I'd like that very much. And of course, that means that if you do see Forenzi or any of his other uh, high rollers, you can feel free to let any member of my team know. And if you need backup, we will be there. But we'd like to know as soon as, even if it means you just need somebody to confirm that he's in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, she smiles a little bit uh, and she says, uh, I believe he and I have tussled before. So. Oh, that that would be very valuable information to any of my folks. Um, we'd love to hear how that went. Not as bad as it could have gone. Uh, Kiki really fucked him up because she does, like, stupid damage. <laughs> Kiki does, like, plus three yeah. damage when in, like, full werewolf form. Like, on yeah. top mm-hmm. of already doing more damage because of being a werewolf. And it's like armor piercing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> armor piercing. I love the sound of that. K- um, Kiki can, is low-key built like a brick shit house, like when transformed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And before you go, I should give you these if you're actually going to be in the trenches with us. Um, and then Pat opens a drawer in her desk and pulls out three uh, velvet pouches. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is colored powder blue, one is colored silver, and the other is colored maroon. Uh, She holds out the blue one first, and the rest is on the table, and says, Inside there, that's for when you don't want to be angry anymore. And then she puts the silver bag down and goes, that's for when you need the moon in daylight. And then she puts the red one down and says, that's when you want to be angrier than the moon will let you. Excellent. Suffice it to say that whenever you need any more wolfsbane for any reason, let us know what you want the wolfsbane to do. And we'll make sure that it does that for you. She nods. Thank you. Of course, anything for a fellow of the pack. And I'm sure that's what this conversation means now. There is just the slightest moment of hesitation before she says yes. Wonderful. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And again, Anytime that you need anything from Teamsters 479, please let me know and you'll have it as soon as. Absolutely. 
she gives like a two finger salute and then a look on her face wonders like why she did that and then leaves. <laughs> 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 Kiki driving home like, why the fuck did I do the fuck? Fuck. <laughs> it's because you're hungry. You haven't eaten anything. <laughs> it's because she's gay as fuck. <laughs> It is hilarious that Pat keeps calling Rio uh, her boyfriend when Kiki is both extremely gay and also Rio's basically her brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just over and over wow. a lot. <laughs> it's Rio's damn fault. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Rio for being a human, I guess. <laughs> and smelling around all these dog people. Yeah. <laughs> How dare he? Yep. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Thank you very much, Brandon. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. I love ruining Kiki's life. I'm glad that I got the opportunity, <laughs> opportunity to do that. So I will fare thee well. Now, after all the, now that we've had uh, the faction game come through and hit on all of the, uh, hit hit on everybody. Um. <laughs> the. Uh, Archie. Yo. How far do the wards around the trailer go? Like, I'm assuming there's a perimeter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does, like, is it basically kind of like a little ding-dong, like, oh, somebody's driven up, like, past to the, past, like, an invisible barrier sort of thing? Did you say it's a little ding-dong? Yeah, it's a little ding-dong. Archie is a little ding-dong. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'll just I'll go ahead and log out, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Goodbye. It's been good. See, this is right. We, we should have never record it again. Like we can't top the cat thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> Yes, Richard, please comment on our notes. <laughs> Uh, what I had always envisioned was that the really true badass wards of the trailer are limited to the trailer right. itself. But Archie has set up like early warnings, both magical and mundane. I mean, he's got like, you know, a little electric eye at the end of the driveway that goes ding, that literally goes mm-hmm. ding in his workshop. Okay. But also some detection wards at the edge of his property. So I think what happens is you hear. Like you get, you get like kind of like the sense, and then also the physical, like you know, the the dinging, um, of like it like dings and then it dings again, and then again and again and again, like six cars are pulling up the driveway. <laughs> yeah, I channel. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll for me. Oh shit. <laughs> Six. <laughs> it's like, um, you still have, remember, you've got a charge in your wand right now. Yep. Um, what happens on a... Uh, on a... On a miss, I get one hold, and I cannot channel again this scene. Okay, well, that's fair. You probably weren't going to channel again this scene anyway, so... All right, so you have effectively two hold right now. Three. There's two oh, in two the in the wand. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, so pulling up to your house 
in the most room where it happened uh, visual ever are like six big black escalates. <laughs> um, my favorite bad guy car. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Where is Archie at? Has Archie gone inside? Is Archie out in the 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 workshop? What's going on? What time of day is it and what day of the week? Um, it's, it's on campus. It's probably like a Wednesday or Thursday. Um, probably in the getting close to the evening. I'm thinking this is like, this is the same day that Kiki went to go see Pat, um, And maybe, like, right now across town, Selma has walked into the library. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, Uh, Archie's in the workshop. Can we say Wayne is still at school for after school Yeah, sure. Okay. Or maybe, does Wayne have a part-time job? He's, like, 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. He could also just have, like, a job. Cool. Yeah, we'll say he's he's at work. At the Wiggles. Yeah, then Archie is in the open air part of the uh, workshop. But yeah, so six big black escalates uh, roll up in front of your trailer. Um, Stepping out of the first two are four, four motherfuckers who are here to party. They are wearing like black tactical gear. Um, they have, like, masks pulled up, like, sunglasses on, like, a helmet on. They are, they're all carrying, like, AR-15s. Um, like, they get out, and the first four, like, point guns at you. The next four get out and peel back to the next, uh, the next car and, like, open the doors on each side. Um, and Archie stepping out of the third car in this convoy are two men. One is slightly taller. One is a little bit shorter. Um, they're maybe middle-aged. It's really weird. You know, you can see them. You look at them. Um, but as soon as... They dry as soon as this scene will end, you will not remember what their faces look like. And the camera always okay. shoots them from the back. In the same way that Uncle Nebo is always shot from the back. They are immaculately dressed. Um, and flanked by these uh security forces, they walk up and speak in unison and go. Mr. Mr. Leach, correct. correct. 